911, what's your emergency? Señora, ¿me está diciendo que hay un tren le pegó a una camioneta? Sí, yo pensé que alcanzaría a cruzar, el hijo iba rápido, creo, y después... ¡Ay, Dios mío, qué horror! No puedes saber a qué velocidad viene un tren. Por eso están los señalamientos de advertencia. Obedécelos. Alto, el tren no para. Mensaje de Nitsa. Introducing the SND Podcast Channel, your one stop source for all types of podcasts. We are always on the look for new podcasts to join our channel. If there is any topic you would like to discuss, contact us now. We can be reached on all social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. You can also contact us by email or leave us a voicemail at 516-570-9248. So make sure to contact us now so you can start your podcast soon. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Let me tell you something. I walked into this building and watched the heavyweight disasters from the beginning. Nagano's a piece of shit. Miocic's a piece of shit. DC, I'm coming for you, motherfucker. Yo, yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. I am Jay once again, bringing you all the hits and misses when it comes to professional wrestling. This is episode number 32, and um, this is a Extreme Rules preview show. Now, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm recording this during the pre-show. <laughs> um, Extreme Rules does start uh, in, a, in a little bit. Um right now on the screen as i have in my background in my in my lovely man cave out here um we have sanity going up against the new day in a tables match as we speak uh as i record um i keep for the life of me i keep forgetting with these new co-branded shows that these shows start at seven and the freaking pre-show is at six (laughs) o'clock for some reason I, i i keep forgetting that but you know whatever it happens so um I want to say, from what I can see, um, Andrade Cien Almas and uh, Sin Cara has already happened. This match is going on, and apparently, uh, two matches that was set for the preview show has been bumped up to the main card. Um, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy defending the tag team titles against the B team is going to be in the main card, and Finn Balor against Constable Baron Corbin. Um that's on the main card as well. Uh, I could have done without Finn Balor and Baron Corbin on the on the main card. I could have done without that match to begin with. But it is there, and it is there to be previewed as well. So with that being said, I do not know the outcome of Almas and Sincada, but I can only assume that Andrade Cien Almas has won the match. Because <laughs> uh, as good of a match that they did have on SmackDown a, a, a little while back, um, I, I highly doubt they're pushing Sincata over uh, Andrade. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, right now, like I said, New Day is going up against Sanity in a tables match, and it's a pretty good match from what I can see so far. And within the next few minutes, I will be telling you guys the outcome of that match. And then just for the sake of the show, I will not be saying the outcomes of the matches of the main card as they go. I will just be previewing them and then I'll be talking about other things and uh, I'll get into uh, the actual review of the show later in the week. So with that being said, once again, I am back. This is episode number 32 and I'll be talking uh, once again, this is an extreme rules preview show. On top of that, I will be talking about uh, other news going on. Um, as you guys <laughs> heard in the beginning, uh, uh, what do you call uh, promo or songs of the show? Um, I will be speaking on Brock Lesnar's appearance at UFC 226 uh, last Saturday night. Um, that was an interesting uh, little promo to set up him and da- the new UFC heavyweight champion Daniel Cormier. Um, get into that um i'll also get into the 22nd anniversary of the formation of the nwo i'll be getting into that later on in the show obviously the nwo was formed june 
some uh, no, sorry, not June, July of 1996, Bash at the Beach, one of the more infamous pay per views in pro wrestling history. For the mere fact of that was when Hulk Hogan turned heel and formed the NWO along with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, and it changed pro wrestling forever. <laughs> so I'll get into that. Um, also, with some sad news, we lost uh, Big Van Vader a few weeks back. I'll, I'll share some memories and my thoughts on Vader and his legacy in in, uh, in pro wrestling. And um, uh, I'll get into some Jay's pay-per-view rewind. I did not do one for the month of June, so I'll be doing a little bit of uh, makeup there. I'll do the two WWE and WCW uh, compare the two pay-per-views that they did in the month of June. And then on the next episode of jay's weekend wrestling i will be covering the july portion of uh, jay's pay-per-view rewind so with that being said i believe it is wwe's king of the ring from 1998 going up against wcw's i want to say great american bash i could be off i have my notes <laughs> so give me one second um i do believe it is uh is it great american bash i have it here do, 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 do. yes it is june of 98 great american bash so it'll be king of the ring going up against great american bash we'll see which one is the better pay-per-view so with that being said uh since the pay-per-view is uh approaching vastly quickly um i'll be giving my pay-per-view uh um uh, thoughts on who i think is going to win all the matches and all that stuff first and then i'll get into everything else um, and with that being said, Sanity just defeated New Day in the tables match. Uh, it was a pretty cool match. Um, ended with Eric Young jumping onto Kofi Kingston, who was being held by Alexander Wolf, and he splashed him through a table. Match was pretty good. So, yeah, once again, I'm going to just give my uh, my thoughts on the pay-per-view as it goes, and uh, I'll give the review uh, on the next show. So here we go. We're going to have... Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy defending the tag team championships against the B team consisting of Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. Um, I like this little role that the B team has been on. I, they're very entertaining. You know, the obviously with the whole with the skits that they've been doing, making fun of the, the leaders of worlds, as they call themselves, which is an interesting sounding tag team. But um, it's the gimmicks. So uh Obviously, uh, uh, Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt, for those of you who have been living under a rock, are brothers. So, obviously, Bo is going to do a pretty good Bray Wyatt impersonation. Um, I would have loved for Bo Dallas, when uh, he was floundering for those past couple of years, to have maybe joined up with the Wyatt family. That would have been pretty interesting. Um, but we are where we are. And uh, do I see the B team, this novelty act, possibly winning the tag team titles is possible do i see it happening no um i see bray Wyatt and matt hardy uh keeping the belts and uh you know maybe just maybe the b team will win the match but by a dq or or count out or some weird fashion and they don't get the belts i don't see these guys getting the tag team titles um but that's just me um now this is the order that wwe.com has the matches i don't think that's probably how they're gonna go with it but we shall see um, we have Finn Balor going up against Constable Baron Corbin. Like I said in the beginning of the show, uh, I could have done without this match, but you know you need Finn Balor on the card and uh, uh, Baron Corbin doing his corporate cane uh, gimmick <laughs> for Stephanie McMahon. Um, just for the hell of it, I'm gonna say uh, Finn Balor just because I hate the character of Baron Corbin. I, I, not for nothing, I don't really care for the way they've used Finn Balor creatively as of late either we have not seen the demon gimmick the demon king gimmick in a long time um he's been regular old rainbow t-shirt wearing finn balor you know what i mean so bruce wayne has not allowed batman uh out in a long time um yeah like i said i'm going with balor just for the mere fact that i don't like baron corbin but i would not be surprised if corbin won the match but uh yeah going with finn balor um Braun Strowman versus Kevin Owens in a steel cage match. <laughs> All I got to say is uh, rest in peace to to KO. Um, I'm going to say Braun Strowman 
because of the role that he's on and he's missed the money in the bank. He shouldn't be losing that many matches because uh, when he does uh, cash in that briefcase on Brock Lesnar, if Brock Lesnar shows up at any point in time, um, you know, uh, he, Braun Strowman, even though he, he is considered legit, th- there's nothing going to take that away. But uh, if he's going to be your future champion, he should be booked as a future champion and he shouldn't be really losing. Even though Kevin Owens is a former champion, he's legit, he's this. But in a steel cage match against Braun Strowman, I don't see Kevin Owens winning. I would like KO to win, but, uh, you know, it's Braun Strowman. So I think I think Braun is going to go over. Even though Kevin Owens in this situation, has, for me, has been a sympathetic character. You have this huge... Six foot eight, almost 400 pound muscle bound maniac, you know, pretty much bullying Kevin Owens for the past few weeks. And, uh, you know, it's funny. And I did hear this. This is in my statement or whatever like that. I did hear this on uh, the DT and KC show. So big ups to them. This was pretty funny. They did mention how uh, Strowman has been bullying KO all this time. But why doesn't Kurt Angle send them to therapy? But. Sasha and Bailey are fighting each other and and they have to go to therapy. It, it, it's pretty it's pretty funny how that works out. Um but yeah, I'm going to go I'm going to go with Braun. Uh he's just, you know, character-wise, he's just an, he's an unstoppable force and uh I don't see KO beating him in a steel cage. I think it's going to be a brutal beating at the hands of Braun. Um let's see here. We have the SmackDown Women's Championship, Asuka versus Carmella with uh, this guy, uh, James Ellsworth, suspended over the ring in a shark cage. Now they used to do this back in the day, like with Jim Cornette, and like really like uh, annoying managers who always get involved in matches and stuff. They used to put this one uh with Paul Ellering, I think was it Paul Ellering? I forget who it was, but uh, they have it on the network too. It was with uh Buzz Sawyer and. Forget I forget the dude that he fought, but one of those managers was in a shark cage. They 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 used to do this a lot back in the day, um, and I think they did it recently with Paul Ellering and the Authors of Pain. Yeah, in NXT with the Authors of Pain and I believe Ciampa and and Gargano, and they had they had Paul Ellering in a shark cage. Um, so I I think Carmella's gonna retain. They're gonna find some sleazy, sneaky way for uh for Ellsworth to to drop something from the top of the cage to give to Carmella and for her to hit Oscar with. Um I would love Oscar to get the belt, but uh, I see Carmella I see Carmella keeping it. Um <clears throat> See here, we have Jeff Hardy versus Shinsuke Nakamura defending the US title against Shinsuke Nakamura. And from what I can see, the only normal match on the card. Uh you have a, a Extreme Rules pay-per-view and you have a Hardy on it. Well, besides Matt and Bray, that's pretty much a normal tag team match. But uh, you have Jeff Hardy and Shinsuke Nakamura in a regular match for the for the SmackDown for the United States title. Pretty crazy. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna go with Shinsuke Nakamura. <clears throat> and um, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> now I know I didn't say I was gonna give results away during the show, but the B team are the tag team champions. <laughs> Bo Dallas just hit Matt Hardy with some crazy neck breaker off the ropes, and they're the tag team champions. Holy shit! Oh wow, it, it, it kind of it left me speechless for a second. Well, cool. <laughs> All right, I, I promise. From now on, I'm not gonna sh- share any results. That was pretty crazy. It shocked me. It shocked me. I should probably just take it off the screen, but you know what? I'm not. <laughs> um, and I know for sure, like I said, Shinsuke Nakamura, I say, is going to win the U.S. title. Um, now, in the middle of the card, I don't know. I highly doubt this is going to be in the middle of the card. I think this is going to be closer to the main event or be the main event. Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley. Now... Besides this past Monday night, I don't really care how they've been booking this between these two, but uh, the back and forth has been okay. Um, the whole Roman Reigns calling Bobby Bob has been real, like, ugh, been real, you know, I get douche chills every time he I hear Roman go Bob, Bob. It's, it's terrible. Um, but yeah, this past Monday night on the Go Home Show, 
they had a pull apart where they just kept fighting each other and the whole roster came out and, and separated them. And usually when they do these things, they're pretty cheesy, but the crowd still goes crazy for it. This one actually looked pretty damn good. And um, honestly, I'm fully going for Bobby Lashley in this match. I cannot stand Roman Reigns. Uh, they haven't mentioned it, but I do believe this is probably a number one contendership for the Universal title. But uh, they have not mentioned it. And I think the winner of this match should should have probably gotten a shot at Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam if he's working it. There's been rumors going around that he's not working SummerSlam, which is a shame. And, 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 and let me preface this by saying this is not any fault to Brock Lesnar. This is the contract that WWE put together with Brock Lesnar. So blame the company if Brock Lesnar's not coming in. Don't blame Brock. You know what I mean? Um... But we'll get more in depth into Brock Lesnar later. But uh, I think it's going to be a good match between uh, Roman and Bobby. I hope it's a good match. Um, I'm going with Bobby Lashley, 100%. Um, what's up next that they got on here? Uh, Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax for Extreme Rules match for the for the Raw Women's Championship, and Ronda Rousey is going to be at ringside. They already showed her with her husband uh, Travis Brown. Um, I see I see uh, Alexa Bliss keeping the championship because I think Ronda Rousey's going to get in that match and I think she's going to beat everybody's ass. Uh, that that's just my thought. I think somehow Alexa Bliss uh, Nia Jax is not getting that championship back. I highly doubt it. Um so with that being said, the next match up on the card for the Intercontinental Championship, a 30-minute Iron Man match between Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre will be in the corner of, uh, of Dolph Ziggler. I see Dolph Ziggler retaining. I think it's going to be the match of the night. I think it's going to steal the show. Um, I think Drew McIntyre is going to have a big influence in this match. And who knows? Uh, maybe we can see a, have a Dean Ambrose uh, sighting in this match. Um, could be to help out the odds. And uh, like I said, it's going to be a great match. I won't be surprised if it's down to one fall. Honestly, throughout the whole 30 minutes, if it's just one fall that wins it. But uh, I, I see Dolph Ziggler uh, retaining. Uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The Bludgeon Brothers uh, defend against a reunited Team Hell No, Daniel Bryan and Kane. Um, I say the Bludgeon Brothers are going to retain. I don't know how The Miz will, uh, will, will play a part in this match when it comes to Daniel Bryan because he's kind of been in, involved in this whole scenario here. Um, uh, there's a lot of rumors going around that maybe Kane will will turn on Bryan again. Uh, I don't see that happening. I see more. If I see them losing, I see it because of the Miz, not because of Kane. Um, and once again, Kane is is going for mayor of Knox County in in, in Tennessee, and he might. And from what I hear, he's kind of a lock to win it all. So. Um, I highly doubt that Team Hell No wins the tag team titles against the Bludgeon Brothers. I see uh, Harper and Rowan uh, keeping the belts for a little while. Um, then we have AJ Styles defending the WWE Championship against Rusev during Rusev Day. Of course, every day is Rusev Day. So um, I think this is going to be a good match. If they want to shock the world, they have Rusev win the WWE Championship, but it's not going to happen. I see AJ Styles holding that title and uh, having a, a a big, big match at, at SummerSlam against who? Don't know. And I can't call it right now because SmackDown is it's a little interesting with their title challengers that they got. Um, but uh, yeah, I see uh, I see AJ Styles keeping the WWE Championship in a in a in a good match against uh against Rusev. I think Rusev puts on a hell of a, a match. And not for none, I hope it's the main event. You want to know why I hope it's the main event? Because if it's the main event, everybody's going to continue to watch. I I'd say this, if Roman Reigns is in the main event, I see some people kind of, you know, being disinterested. I I'd, I'd say if they were smart, put Roman and Bobby as either the co-main event or third down from the main event. That's just me. That's how I would book it. So, uh, yeah, AJ. So these are my picks. I got AJ keeping the belt. The Bludgeon Brothers keeping the belts. Dolph Ziggler keeping the belt. Alexa keeping the belt. A lot of people not losing titles. 
Um, obviously, we already know that uh, the B team won the tag team titles. So uh, that's one I got wrong so far. <laughs> I got Shinsuke beating Jeff for his U.S. title. I got Carmella keeping it. I got Strowman over Owens. Uh, I got Balor over Corbin. Sanity already beat New Day. And I'm assuming I'll check the I'll check it, but I'm assuming I must beat Sincata. So that's oh, you know Baron Corbin's coming out. I hate that he is wrestling in su- in in suits. <coughs> I hated it when Kane did it. I hate it that he does it. I mean, Loki does it on the Indies as like a hitman type thing. It's eh, I, I don't don't wrestle in suits. Okay, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible looking. So. uh that's my preview for the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Now I'm gonna shift gears now and let's get into let's get into UFC 226 so we can talk some Brock Lesnar and see 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 what's going on with him. So like you guys heard in the beginning of the show that promo that Brock that Brock said uh you know the way that started. Uh Daniel Cormier, who's the who's the reigning defending UFC light heavyweight champion went up in the division to challenge Stipe Miocic for the UFC heavyweight title. And Stipe Miocic was considered the best heavyweight of this particular era of UFC because he's been the only guy to defend that heavyweight championship three times, ever. He's been the only heavyweight. And that includes Brock Lesnar. That includes Randy Couture. Uh, You know... If you want to go old school, Rico Rodriguez, Tim Sylvia, Andre Arlovsky, uh, Noguera, Frank Mir, um, down the line, down the list, Cain Velasquez, his his butt, uh, DC's buddy, um, over well, over him never won the UFC title, but uh, Steve Junior Dos Santos, all these other guys, Stipe Miocic has been the only guy to defend the UFC title three times, and is widely because of that considered the best UFC heavyweight champion. Uh, ever you have to probably put him there, um, and Stipe Miocic is is and was a good champion. Um, great boxing. He has wrestling. He has you know a, a decent ground game. He, he's 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 he. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Stipe. So he wrestles. I mean, he fights Daniel Cormier. Uh, Cormier gets the knockout. Uh, they were in they were in a clinch, and uh, Cormier caught him with a crazy right hand boom over the top and then pummeled him to the ground and and got the tko victory becomes a two division champion has two belts so uh cormier's doing his interview with uh with rogan and he goes oh let me get that mic and he goes there's a guy here that uh that i know i've known for a long time he's uh he's a wrestler he's an all-american he's a former ufc champion i didn't think i'd fight him but Brock Lesnar, get your ass in this cage. So he calls out Brock. Brock comes in with his suit and, and cowboy boots or whatever type of boots he got on. He looked pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> and Brock immediately walks into the cage and shoves Daniel Cormier. And uh, they, they start getting into a verbal altercation. You know, uh, security is there. Uh, Cormier's cornermen are there. His little... His little training guy or whatever who's all a five foot nothing tries to push brock brock didn't even feel it he didn't even know he was there and uh cormier said you push me now you go to sleep later um it was a pretty cool back and forth um it looked very staged uh it looked very wwe like and a lot of mma purists hate hate pro wrestling yeah hate it <laughs> that fake shit, you know, that that blah blah blah, that choreographed garbage, that this and this and that this is the real shit. Well, you know what? It, it'll probably be a, a shot to their hearts if they realize that MMA takes a lot of what they do from professional wrestling to sell a fight and to do this and to do that and all the promos that the guys cut on each other, all the flashy entrances, all that other stuff. A lot of those MMA fighters, Daniel Cormier included, is a diehard wrestling fan. And DC's a fan of Brock. DC's known Brock since they wrestled back in college. Um, he said they have never wrestled against each other. But he said their colleges have wrestled against each other while they were there. You know what I mean? But DC was much, I guess, much lighter and much uh, different class than Lesnar. So they never wrestled. 
Now, I'm not going to get into a fantasy booking scenario between Brock and DC because we have a long way to go if that fight is to ever happen. Um, Brock Lesnar has already served his his suspension that he had from UFC uh, and the Nevada State Athletic Commission. He just has to do the mandatory six-month testing for uh, the USADA organization before he can fight. So realistically, this fight is not going to happen until January or February. Realistically, it's not going to happen in 2018. So it could be a decent amount of time before they take that WWE Universal title off Lesnar. A lot of people are saying it could be SummerSlam if he shows up. He, he might show up tonight. I doubt that highly. Um, but yeah, man. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I... I <laughs> Brock could lose this belt at the Royal Rumble, for all we know. A lot of he could lose it at some point, and, and he's going to lose it to Braun Strowman. He's not going to lose it to anybody else. Um, so it's going to be a while. So for all you guys who are thinking, oh, he's he's going to be in UFC, so he's he's going to lose this belt fast. No, 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 no. This could be going another four or five months. <laughs> this could go another four, five, six months. You know what I mean? He'll be in training and he'll do all this other stuff, but he'll make one appearance and lose it to Braun Strowman. But it's not going to be now. It's not going to be anytime soon because he might. This fight might not even happen. According to Dana White, it is going to happen. According to DC, it is going to happen. But a lot of things have to go through before they fight. And Brock has to be clean. DC already made it made it public that if Brock is not clean, he's not going to fight him. He already made it public. Um, I know a lot of MMA peers, you know, well, why is Brock getting a title shot? You know, he doesn't deserve it, blah, blah, blah. You want to know why Brock is getting a title shot? Because he makes money. He makes the UFC money. And he's going to make DC a lot of money. And that's what DC wants. DC wants that payday that he's not going to get with Curtis Blades. He's going to get that payday that he's not going to get with Derek Lewis. And we all saw the atrocity of that fight between Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou. After that fight... Dan uh, Cormier is not going to get that money with Engano. He's not going to get it with Blaze. He's not going to get it with with uh, with Derek Lewis. He's not going to get it with Junior Dos Santos. He's not going to get it with a rematch against uh, against uh, Stipe. He's not going to get that money with anyone. <coughs> the only person that's heavyweight he can get that money with is the guy that he called out, the WWE guy, the fake fighter who fights for real sometimes. <laughs> You think Mark Hunt didn't make a lot of money when he got his ass kicked by Lesnar last time he was there? Of course he did. Of course he did. And you want to know the reason why they didn't take Brock off that card even though he failed the drug test? And and think about it. They took John Jones off of that card because he failed the drug test. And Brock failed for the same exact thing that Jones failed for. But guess what? Brock was still on the card. You want to know why? Money. A hell of a lot of money. <laughs> Besides McGregor, Rousey, Brock Lesnar is the one that makes UFC the most money. He is. He makes WWE money too. You know who's really winning in all of this? Brock Lesnar. He's getting money from every single direction. So it is what it is. For the MMA purists, they're going to hate it. They're probably going to love if Daniel Cormier knocks Brock Lesnar out. Which he, which he could. I'm not going to say he can't. But I'll tell you this much. How, however that goes. Because let's be real. Skill-wise, obviously Daniel Cormier is the, is the better skilled fighter. No question. No question about it. Brock Lesnar possesses uh, uh, attributes that probably no MMA fighter besides someone like Shane Carwin has. Power, speed, you know, agility, in a package that's six foot four, almost three hundred pounds, you don't see that a lot. We saw it with Brock, we saw it with Shane Carwin, um, but obviously, you know, uh, skill beats strength and size anytime in uh, in MMA. But there's always that factor. What if that beast catches you? You're in a lot of trouble. And that's what Daniel Cormier is going to have to look for. All of five foot nine, five foot ten, two hundred and forty pounds of Daniel Cormier. When he looks up at six foot four, two hundred 
probably 85 pounds of Brock Lesnar at fight night. That's what he's going to have to look out for. So I'm not going to say it's going to be a hard, that hard of a fight for, for Cormier, but it's, it's not going to be a walk in the park like everybody thinks either. But we're, not, we're nowhere near there yet, so I'll preview that fight when it's on. <laughs> so that, that's where we're at with, with Brock Lesnar. Now, I, they, they need to take that universal title off of Brock. They've needed to take it off of him for a while. I'd say they should have took it off of him when he feuded with Samoa Joe. For me, that would have been the perfect time to let Joe get that title. When they had that fatal four-way with Joe and 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 Balor and 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 Seth and all these other guys, they could have gotten got it off of Brock without pinning Brock. And, and don't get me wrong, I don't I don't mind if Brock is re-signed to WWE for the next two to five years. I don't care as long as he's treated like the attraction that he is and not the figurehead. I don't I, I don't mind Brock being in the company as long as he's not champ. He doesn't need to be champ. Use him at the big four pay-per-views. Use him at Mania. Use him at Rumble. Use him at Survivor Series and SummerSlam. Why not? He's a huge name that brings in money. And he's legit. He's more legit than probably anybody on that roster. Ask Braun Strowman. I think it was a few pay-per-views back. I think it was the Royal Rumble where Brock knocked him silly. After Strowman, you know, kneed him in the face a couple of times a little bit too hard. <clears throat> so I, I don't mind if Brock Lesnar is 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 showcased. As long as he's not champion. <laughs> so that that's my deal on Brock. I'm a, I'm a fan of Brock Lesnar. I'm a big fan. And I hope he kicks Daniel Cormier's ass. It's a long shot, but I hope he does. <laughs> so... Uh, that's where we're at on Brock and the whole uh, Lesnar UFC WWE situation. Um, with that out the way, let's get into Jay's pay per view rewind. Uh, I'll do this and then I'll get into some history, talk about Vader, talk about the NWO, and then uh, I'm gonna jump off this and watch this pay per view. <laughs> um, so WWE King of the Ring 1998. Um, I actually just watched this the other day with, with forgetting that I was going to actually talk about it. <laughs> the actual King of the Ring tournament consisted of Vader, The Rock, Triple H, X-Pac, Owen Hart, Two Cold Scorpio, D'Lo Brown, Dan Severn, um, Ken Shamrock, Kama Mustafa, who later on became the Godfather, Mark Henry, Terry Funk, Jeff Jarrett, Farouk, Mark Merrow, and Steve Blackman. <clears throat> then in the second round, quarterfinals, which was on TV, The Rock defeated Triple H. Owen Hart defeated Dan Severn. No, sorry. Dan Severn defeated Owen Hart. <laughs> uh, Kent Shamrock defeated Mark Henry, and Jeff Jarrett defeated Mark Merrow. <clears throat> which led to the semifinals and the finals on the pay-per-view. The Rock defeated Dan Severn, and Ken Shamrock defeated uh, Jeff Jarrett, which leaves us to the finals, which was Ken Shamrock defeating The Rock with the ankle lock submission in 15 minutes, uh, which means Ken Shamrock was the 1998 King of the Ring. The, the WWE was pushing Ken Shamrock pretty hard back in them days. Uh, nine, 97 into 98 99 he kind of tapered off a little bit <clears throat> Became more of that mid card You know guy 97 he had a lot of main events uh, Programs with Shawn Michaels Bret Hart uh, Here he won the king of the ring um, You know he had a, he had high profile Matches with Steve Austin for the WWE title on Raw um, But uh, like I said they were really Pushing him here big time And, and later on is where they actually started giving the King of the Ring winners WWE title matches at SummerSlam. And at SummerSlam 98, Ken Shamrock did not get a WWE title shot. <laughs> um, the Undertaker got that opportunity. Um, so, yeah, they started doing that later on. Um, <clears throat> so the tournament was pretty cool. It wasn't bad. Uh, those four matches, you know, it was pretty cool to see The Rock against Dan Severn. That was very interesting. Uh, Ken Shamrock and Jeff Jarrett was a good match, and The Rock and Shamrock always had good matches together. Uh, so that was the King of the Ring tournament. 
And now for the actual other matches that were on the card. Uh, the Headbangers and Takamichi Noku defeated Kai and Tai in 6 minutes and 44 seconds. Um, too much before they became too cool. Uh, Brian Christopher, a.k.a. Grandmaster Sexay, and Scott Taylor, later on known as Scotty Too Hottie, defeated Al Snow and Head in a tag team match. Yep, that Head. <laughs> and Jerry Lawler was the special guest referee, so all this, the stacked was, the you know, it, everything was against Al Snow and Head in this one. <laughs> X Pac with the late with the late China in his corner defeated the King of Hearts Owen Hart, uh, the late Owen Hart, um, in eight minutes and thirty seconds. The New Age Outlaws defended the WWE Tag Team Titles and defeated the New Midnight Express of Bodacious Bart Gun and Bombastic Bob Holly with Jim Cornette, nine minutes and thirty four seconds. Uh, the Undertaker defeated Mankind in a Hell in the Cell. Now this. Is the legendary Hell in the Cell match that uh, everybody remembers with obviously the Undertaker throwing mankind off the top of the cell through the table, uh, choke slamming Terry Funk out of his shoes, <laughs> and um, <coughs> and then mankind coming back off the stretcher, and then the Undertaker just choke slamming him from the top of the cage into the ring, and uh, mankind finishing the match. With a tooth coming out of his nose, and it was just an insane match. Undertaker wins with the Tombstone Pile Driver uh, at 17 minutes, and it was a hell of a 17 minutes. <laughs> and the main event came, defeating Stone Cold Steve Austin in a first blood match. Um, <clears throat> and and if Kane would have lost this match, he would have had to set himself on fire. Uh, Kane defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin with unwanted help from the undertaker accidentally hitting stone cold with a chair over the head causing him to bleed um but that title reign for kane would only last one day as austin will get his rematch on raw the next night and defeat kane with the stone cold stunner for the wwe championship <clears throat> so overall this was a very good pay-per-view <laughs> with the combination of the king of the ring tournament Mixed with uh, the Hell in the Cell and Stone Cold and Kane in a first blood match. Very, very good pay-per-view. Now let's head over WCW Great American Bash 98. Um, <laughs> see the matches they had on here. Here we go. Great American Bash. Booker T defeated Chris Benoit. Canyon defeated Perry Saturn. Chris Jericho defeated Dean Malenko. Uh, Juventud Guerrera beat Reese. Oof. I'm sure that was a seven-starter. Uh, Chavo Guerrero Jr. defeated Uncle Eddie Guerrero, the late great Eddie Guerrero. Booker T defeated Fit Finley for the WCW TV title. Goldberg defeated Conan in a U.S. title match. Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart defeated Randy Savage and Roddy Piper. <sighs> then Piper defeated Savage in a separate match. Oh my God! Sting defeated the Giant to win possessor of the WCW Tag Team Titles and the right to choose a new partner. Oof! That sounded dreadful. <laughs> um, yeah, very, very, very easily. Uh, the WWE King of the Ring '98 took that one. Um, Great American Bash sounded like it had some decent matches. But for the most part, mm, has nothing on the King of the Ring with that legendary Hell in the Cell, First Blood, and the tournament. No. WWE King of the Ring 98 takes that one in this edition of Jay's Pay-Per-View Rewind. Um, <clears throat> now, uh, let's, get into, let's get into Big Van Vader, man, because uh, this was a... <clears throat> this was a sad one. It happened a couple of weeks back. Uh, let's see here. Leon White, a.k.a. Big Van Veda, died June 18th at the age of 63. Heart failure and pneumonia. Um, <clears throat> left behind his son. Obviously, we remember his son, Jesse White, who used to date JoJo. Um, and Jake Carter. Was Jake Carter? Yeah, Jake Carter was was Jesse. Yeah. Um, 
obviously Vader was a big dude all his life, all his career, 6'5", 450 pounds. He was a big monster of a dude. Um, <clears throat> you, If you want to look at Vader's run, obviously uh, in pro wrestling, you're going to look more to his days in Japan and in WCW where he was the monster that WWE should have made him out to be. <coughs> Vader, uh, when I was little, Growing up watching wrestling, uh, the first place I saw Vader in was WCW. And as I got older and was able to get me some Japanese uh, tapes and and see it on YouTube, um, among other places and stuff like that, I got to really, really see the monster that this dude was in Japan. And he was unstoppable, bro. Um, <clears throat> and if you have uh, anybody has New Japan World, uh, the streaming site. You can see Vader's debut match where he defeats Antonio Noki, the legendary Antonio Noki, in all of three minutes. Um, <clears throat> IWGP champion, WCW heavyweight champion, WCW United States champion. Uh, he was just a monster. He was a monster. He he was a, a <clears throat> uh, what do you call that? He was a name everywhere. He was a big name to the point where he ended up being uh, in Boy Meets World, that TV show back in the day, where he was uh, the big kid's dad. I forgot. <clears throat> Frankie. Frankie's his name. He was Frankie's father. He came out on one episode uh, in a wrestling-style episode, I think, where Corey was going to wrestle Frankie, and then Vader came out and, you know, beat the hell out of Eric or whatever the case. <clears throat> but um, Vader had some high, high-profile matches in WCW. Uh, with Ric Flair, with Sting, with Hogan, with uh, <clears throat> and uh, defeating Sting for the heavyweight title, uh, losing to Flair, and if Flair didn't beat Vader for the belt, he was gonna retire. Losing to Flair, getting the belt back. Um, back in '92, a lot of people don't give him credit for this. He put over Ron Simmons and helped to make Ron Simmons the first. Uh, Afri African American wrestling heavyweight champion of the world, um, <clears throat> which is a which is awesome. A lot of people don't don't usually mention that that he ate the pin to make Ron Simmons heavyweight champion. Um, you know, Vader was a very agile dude, probably the best big man in my opinion uh, in wrestling history. Uh, so you can't really compare him to anybody. I, the the main person <clears throat> I'd say you can compare Vader to is Bam Bam Bigelow, uh, someone who's over four hundred pounds who can do moonsaults, who can do flips, who uh, you know Bam Bam was able to do like cartwheels and all that stuff. Vader used with that Vader bomb, with the moonsault, with the choke slam, the power bomb. And Vader used to punch the hell out of you. I, I mean, if anybody interviews Mick Foley, <clears throat> just ask Mick Foley about it. He had some he, he had some high profile matches with Cactus Jack in WCW. He broke Cactus Jack's nose uh, at one match. He uh, that's one of the matches I think in Germany where Mick Foley lost half of his ear. Uh, it was a match with Vader. I think Vader threw him into the ropes, and and Cactus got. His head caught up in the ropes, and and somehow, some way, he uh, a piece of his ear came off. <laughs> but um, I, I remember I was so excited to see Vader debut in WWE back in '96. He debuted at the '96 Royal Rumble, um, and he came in and he lasted a long time, even though he got thrown out by uh by Shawn Michaels, and then he came back into the Rumble match and press-slammed Michaels over his head and threw him over the top rope. Um, and then the next night was was a legendary uh, uh, moment in, in Vader's career when he injured Gorilla Monsoon. He attacked Gorilla Monsoon, the late Gorilla Monsoon, uh, splashed him, and after he got suspended, he got pissed off. He splashed him, hit him with the Vader bomb like two or three times. It was great, man. Uh, you really thought... <clears throat> they were going to push Vader to the moon. Um, he had his first WrestleMania match. It was a six-man tag. I remember it was uh, Vader, Jake the Snake, uh, Vader, Owen Hart, and British Bulldog. Uh, they, damn, they're all dead. Against Jake the Snake Roberts, Ahmed Johnson, and Yokozuna, who's also dead. Um, so, it, And he got the pin. He got the win on, on Jake Roberts. 
and and you figured you know they were gonna really push this dude, and they did. Yeah, he got a title match against Shawn Michaels for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam 1996. And if you ask, if you listen to to shoot interviews with Jim Cornette, Vader was supposed to win the WWE title that night, um, but Shawn Michaels didn't didn't want to do the job for Vader. Um, <clears throat> so him getting buried by Shawn and and the Click and all that other stuff, uh, he kind of really didn't get pushed after that. Um, he, he made a team with Mankind, uh, you know. They didn't really go anywhere. I think they won the tag team titles. That could be off, but I could have sworn they had it once. They probably didn't. They had a match, I believe, at WrestleMania 13 uh, against the Bulldog and Owen for the tag team titles. I, I don't think they won it. But um, <clears throat> Vader didn't get used to the way he should have in WWE. He should have won the WWE title. Um, But... You know that's the way that's the way it goes sometimes with WWE. If you're not a WWE creation, then, you know, unless you're unless in their eyes you're obscenely special, they're not going to really do much with you. Um, but then Vader went back to Japan for a little while and he did his thing out there, uh, and pretty much stayed there for the rest of his career. Um, so, you know, where he where he was pushed uh, uh, largely. <clears throat> and and correctly <laughs> uh vader I, I remember uh he started in the awa i remember seeing old videos of vader in the awa uh back in the 80s he was a uh, leon baby bull white um and uh he was a collegiate football uh all-american uh colorado uh and uh played for uh did he play for boulder colorado i forget but uh, some some college out in Denver, university out in De- University of Denver or something like that, and um, he's actually a Super Bowl champion. <laughs> he has a Super Bowl ring <laughs> with the Los Angeles Rams, um, <clears throat> which is pretty cool. You know, I, I I never put it together that Vader was actually a Super Bowl champion. Um, he showed his Super Bowl ring during an interview with WWE, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, man. Uh, for me, Vader. Uh, he's gonna be missed. Uh, he had that documentary a few, uh, two years ago, that said I got two, you know, called Two Years to Live, or something like that. And he's just been dying to get into the WWE Hall of Fame, and it is a shame. It is a real shame <clears throat> that that man has not been put into the WWE Hall of Fame yet. And now, when he gets put in, he's not gonna be able to talk for himself and to and to give his speech and you know to do all that stuff. It's a big shame that 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 didn't happen. Um, but it is what it is. WWE has their reasons for the way they do things, and sometimes it's just you know it's it's just not cool, you know. So I'm a huge fan of Vader. If you want to see a lot of Vader's work, you got the network. You can see his WCW stuff. If you have New Japan World, you can see his New Japan stuff. And on YouTube, you can see him in all Japan and throughout the world. Kicking people's ass, doing what he did best. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> rest in peace, uh, Leon White. You will be missed. Thank you for entertaining me. Thank you for scaring the shit out of me when I was little. And uh, <laughs> and hopefully one day WWE, you know, smartens up. I mean, obviously now that you're gone, they they're gonna put you in the Hall of Fame where you're where you deservingly supposed to be. You along with Bam Bam Bigelow, who he was tag team champions with. In New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, so you and Bam Bam were probably going at the same time. So that I guess that's cool. But whatever. So rest in peace. Leon White. Big Van Veda. Baby Bull. Uh, the Mastodon. Rest in peace, brother. Um, <clears throat> now to close out this show, I'm going to speak on the, the history. Because a, a, a 22-year anniversary just passed. Of the formation of the N-W-O-O-O. The N-W-O. Um, <laughs> I'm as, just for shits and giggles, I'm going to name. I'm going to read off every member in N-W-O history. Because it was so many that it's that it's comical. Okay? Um, as I look this up, obviously... Uh, the NWO was a, was a faction in WCW. Um, here we go. Uh, founding members of the NWO in WCW because, uh, they did take the idea. Eric Bischoff got the idea for the NWO 
from from uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling because at Starcade '95 they did this event uh, where New Japan and WCW co-promoted, and they had a bunch of New Japan guys wrestle WCW guys in like a round robin tournament type situation, <clears throat> and you know these guys all came in a limo and they had matching suits and they were looking legit. And Bischoff saw that, and he was like, "I need a, I need a group of cool-looking badasses like this in WCW." So in '96, when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, Razor Ramon and Diesel, uh, walked out on WWE to come to WCW, he saw this as his opportunity to create that faction of outs- faction of outsiders, so to speak. Get it? <laughs> and uh, that's what it started with. It started with Scott Hall. Kevin Nash and uh, at Bash at the Beach, nineteen ninety six, it was going to be Scott Hall, Kevin Nash with a mystery third partner to go up against Sting, Lex Luger, and Randy Savage. And when they started that six man tag, uh, that third man didn't show up yet. But Hulk Hogan, but uh, they said the third man is here. When he's ready, he'll come out. But for now, we can take care of these chumps by ourselves. So as the match went on. Lex Luger got taken out of the match almost right away, hitting his head on the thir- between Sting and the top turnbuckle, knocking him out. So he got taken out. So it just became a tag match. Savage and Lug- Savage and Sting versus Hall and Nash. So when Sting and Savage uh, were getting the upper hand, I remember this plain as day. Kevin Nash hits uh, Savage with a low blow. There's no referee in the ring. All of a sudden, Hulk Hogan comes out. He rips off his red and yellow T-shirt. Uh, little side note, a lot of you probably seen my Instagram and my Facebook. I went to Hogan's Beach Shop the other day out here in Florida, in Orlando, and I actually took a picture with one of the original WWE championships, the real WWE championship, the belt that Hogan had at WrestleMania 3 when he defeated Andre the Giant. This is the belt that he had before uh, the very popular uh, Wing Eagle belt. So that was pretty awesome. The thing is still heavy as shit. It got some weight on it. <laughs> but yeah, it was cool to do that. So once again, Hogan comes out and out of nowhere, he drops the big leg on Randy Savage and the crowd goes ape shit because they are witnessing history. They're in shock. The biggest baby face of all time. Mr. Say Your Prayers, Take Your Vitamins, Drink your milk. All this bullshit has turned heel and joined up with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. And people are throwing garbage in the ring. People are going nuts. The crowd is going crazy. Uh, Mean Gene Oakland comes in the ring to interview them. And uh, Hogan just tells the fans to stick it. He is sick and tired of being, you know, this all-American, you know, good guy. And no one gives a crap anymore. And all this other stuff. And, you know, he got with the new blood, the new generation, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. And they're just going to take over the WCW. And you can call this the new world order of wrestling. And they're just going to take over. So um, that's that was the start of it, man. And, and let me tell you, if it wasn't for the NWO, Vince McMahon wouldn't have had DX. You know what I mean? And the Attitude Era was... The Attitude Era pretty much started then, when Vince was like, screw this, we're going to start being edgier, because WCW with the NWO was kicking WWE's ass in the ratings, so much so where everybody wanted to be a part of the NWO. Speaking of that, here's the full list of guys who were in the NWO. Obviously, founding members, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan, who they picked as the leader of the NWO. Ted DiBiase left the WWE in 96 and joined the group in 97. Big show. NWO Sting. Yeah, I'll get into that in a second. X-Pac, a.k.a. Six-Pac back then. Vincent, a.k.a. Virgil. Miss Elizabeth came, came on board. Eric Bischoff. Mark Alexander Buff Bagwell. Michael Wall Street, a.k.a. IRS. Big Bubba Rogers, a.k.a. Big Boss Man. Scott Norton, who was a part of uh, NWO Japan, along with Masahiro Chono. Uh, Randy Macho Man Savage joined the NWO in 97. The Worm, Dennis Rodman. The Great Muda. 
Hiroshi Tenzan from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Conan. Kurt Henning, a.k.a. Mr. Perfect. Ravishing Rick Rude. Louis Spicoli. The American Dream Dusty Rhodes. Brian Adams. The Disciple, a.k.a. Brutus Beefcake. Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner. Referee Nick Patrick. Later on, in different incarnation of the NWO. Bret Hart. Uh... Da, 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 da. Jeff Jarrett, Stevie Ray, Horace Hogan, Barry Windham. Ugh. Oh my God. <laughs> NWO Wolfpack, Sting, Lex Luger, Disco Inferno, Ugh. Um, doo, 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 doo. David Flair, Tori Wilson, Rick Steiner. Um, let's see. There's more guys here. NW2000, Ron and Don Harris. Kyle Petty, who drove the NWO race car. And that's about it. So, yeah, a hell of a lot of guys in the NWO. <clears throat> to where, like I said, I mentioned NWO Wolfpack. Later on down the road, around 97, going into 1998, the group got so damn big that they decided... Let's uh break some of these guys off and spawn a different NWO. So they made a storyline where Nash and Hogan didn't really uh start a you know uh they started feuding with each other because they weren't seeing eye to eye on a lot of shit. So uh they started fighting each other and all of a sudden you had Nash taking Conan, Savage and making their own NWO, bringing in Sting and Luger. And then later on it just became the NWO Wolfpack altogether because a lot of the, of the after the finger poke of doom, which was when <laughs> Kevin Nash defeated Bill Goldberg to win the WCW heavyweight title, which a lot of people think was a huge mistake, but whatever. <clears throat> then the next night, Nash faces Hogan. The finger poke of doom happens. Hogan puts his finger on... Uh, Nash's chest, Nash falls down like if he got hit by a truck, he lays down and Hogan pins him one, two, three. Then all of a sudden, NWO Wolfpack is Hollywood Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Macho Man Randy Savage, Lex Luger, Sting. And then Sting tapers off a little bit because he didn't want to be associated with Hogan. Then Steiner and all these other guys. Then you had the NWO Hollywood B team, which was uh, Horace Hogan, Stevie Ray, Scott Norton, Vincent, and all these other guys. I remember a WCW pay-per-view where literally every match you hear NWO music because everybody and their mother was in the NWO. <laughs> I think the NWO made a great impact in the short term uh, with making WWE, uh, lighting that fire under WWE's ass. Uh, obviously, the mo one of the most legendary factions in history for the mere fact that Hulk Hogan, the the legendary immortal Hulk Hogan, turned heel. That's uh, you know, it, 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 it memorable moments. Um, it was awesome and very cool in the beginning, but uh, toward the middle middle of its run to the end, it was it was for the most part, it was pretty bad. <laughs> But uh, I think the NWO from here to forever is a legendary faction in pro wrestling. Um, obviously, if you look at the Bullet Club, DX, a lot of groups that came after the NWO, very similar, very similar indeed. And uh, if it wasn't for the NWO, there wouldn't be a DX, there wouldn't be a Bullet Club. And you could probably say, say the same, there wouldn't be an NWO and all that stuff if it, was, if it wasn't for the Four Horsemen. But... Uh, you know, it is what it is. The NWO 22-year anniversary of that iconic faction being put together. And uh, I was a huge, huge mark for the NWO. Uh, and then, like I said, it got whack after a while. But you know what? For the short term, NWO was the shit. It was awesome. You know, so. <clears throat> so with that being said, that was my little brief because if I sit here and talk about the NWO for the next two hours, it's going to be pretty crazy. Um, so that was my brief history lesson on the NWO. It, the run lasted about a good three or four years. 
Um, that was Vader, NWO. I gave my preview of, of Extreme Rules, Jay's Pay-Per-View Rewind. Um, I mean, I think that's good for today. So uh, I'm going to watch this pay-per-view. Um, and yeah, enjoy the pay-per-view, everybody. Uh, and uh, I will be doing Jay's pay-per-view, uh, the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast, 33rd episode sometime this week, probably Tuesday or Wednesday. And I'll give my results for the pay-per-view, Raw, SmackDown, NXT. I didn't talk about NXT this week. But I'll talk about NXT next week. I'm tired. <laughs> and I'm going to watch this pay-per-view. So, uh, everybody, once again, S&D Podcast channel. Check out your boy, Jay's Week in Wrestling. Jay's Week in Wrestling Podcast. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Wherever your Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from, look your boy up. Holla at your man. All right? Once again, this is Jay. Thanks for listening. Catch on next week. Enjoy the pay-per-view, y'all. See you next time. Peace. Wolf pack is back, cause I'm mass destruction. Guess who's here? The bad boys are wrestling. Testing competition, win the war, that's their mission.